theyeshiva.net. I took a red eye tonight from uh, this morning from California, so we just landed, and I came from the airport here. It was a turbulent flight, so if the sheer is turbulent, you'll blame it on the pilot. Okay, Naomi. For now, it's Goyrach. Welcome. All the way for you. I came all the way from California for me. But you came from further. <laughs> so we'll continue. We're up to page 103. The second paragraph, the middle of the second paragraph. Nun base column two. On top it says Shmois. Nun base column two, page 103, in the middle of the second paragraph. The line starts, Mitoihu. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine lines from the beginning of the paragraph. The paragraph says, Vihine, as the line starts, Mitoihu. I'm just going to read a little bit inside, and then we'll, uh, try to explain some of it. This Maimher, he's exploring Moshe Rabbeinu's initial exchange with Hashem, when Hashem appoints him to become the leader of the Jewish people and liberate them from Egypt, and he says, I'm not a man of words, not yesterday, not the day before, not from the day that you addressed me, from the day that you spoke to me, I'm kvat pen, I'm kvat loshen. I have a heavy tongue and a heavy mouth. It's difficult for me to speak. Hashem's answer is, who created a mouth for a person? Who allowed a person to speak? Who allowed a person to see? Or the opposite, not to see? Who allowed a person, to, who causes a person to be deaf or to be mute or to be able to speak? It's, it's all me. I'll be with your mouth. And from there he went in, he asked what, how do you, how are you supposed to understand this exchange? <clears throat> the exchange seems difficult as though like Hashem had to teach him that he, he created the world and he created a mouth. And the main thing he doesn't even tell him, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll heal the impediment. So he starts off the whole idea of, uh, the idea of Kabbalah, Sefer Atmuna, that this is not the first universe. There was a previous universe. And here there's the argument. Some of Kabbalah believe it meant physical, but Arizal, who's considered the Paisak Achara and the greatest Paisak in Kabbalah, says that it was a spiritual universe, and it's called the world of Tayu, and it's also called the first Shemitah. And this transplants from the first Shemitah into this Shemitah, into this universe, and two that he mentions are Moshe and Chanach. To understand this, he went off on a long discussion of Tayu versus Tikkun, the two worlds, Igulim versus Yosha, Iris versus Kalim, at length, now he's back to Moshe Rabbeinu, discussing his speech impediment. Yeah. So let's 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 read a few lines. This is what Moshe meant. My tongue is heavy. My mouth is heavy. My tongue is heavy. Meaning, I have an impediment. I have a difficulty in communicating. What he meant was that the shayrish, the root of his soul, comes from the universe which we call Tayhul. Over there the lights, the energies, were grand, were awesome, were huge. And they couldn't enclose themselves into vessels, into receptacles, channels that we call kalim, structured receptacles. 
Where's Moshe saying this? He just said that he can't speak. Where do you see Amaisa with Toyu and Oedis and Caleb? He says, That's the Toychen, that's the depth of what he means, that his mouth has a challenge communicating. If he felt he does not have the ability to be able to channel the light of his seichel, the light of his mind, into the vessel called the mouth. Why? Because the iris was so powerful, was so infinite, was so intense. And the keli of the mouth, communication, is a structured vessel, which limits, and it is, it is limited, and it limits. And therefore he says, I can't. And for him, this is sometimes this is a this is equally significant. Sometimes a person has this inability, which comes from greatness. But fine, it's 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 a mile. No, for him, he actually saw this as a chesaron, as a flaw. He appreciated the mile, the advantage in the world of tikkun. where the vessels are grand. To be able to contain the light. In Tikkun, the lights are smaller. And the vessels are greater, as he said earlier. So he says, The Maila of Tikkun, Nifla'ah was wondrous and precious in his eyes. Al-Kain Omar, thus he said, in the continuation of the conversation, Shlach Please, appoint for this mission somebody else. And it's a, it's a difficult pasuk to understand because he doesn't name somebody. He just says, Shlachna, please send, biyatishlach, in the hand of somebody you should, uh, that you will send. What does this mean? So most of them are, say, just find somebody else. Just find somebody who can do this job. The Balatanya says it's very generic because that's his point. <laughs> just send somebody from Tikkun. Why? Because Tikkun has a mile that Toyo doesn't have, something that is new in Tikkun, the notes, where over there the hierarchy is completely not absolute and the end is etched in the beginning, sometimes even more than the head. Which only comes because of the structures, the vessels of Tikkun. Commission is Boyalel. He doesn't have this. He knows by himself that he can't come into the Kalim. He's from Toyo. In Tikkun, this Kalim. And the Maila of that is not only he can come in from Kalim, but like he said before, there's a new Maila in Tikkun, which had no Shalom. This was the complaint of Ma'id. He humbled himself. He was very humble. Because of his humility, he constantly saw the Maila in the other, including the Maila in Tikkun that he lacked. The truth is, the fact that he couldn't talk shows his tremendous Maila, his tremendous greatness. Because it comes from the greatness and the enormous intensity, ferociousness of the light, of the energy. Huh? Yeah, yeah, it was a very true taina. It was a true taina. Why is it so interesting? Because you would think somebody in Taiwan who does is 
not familiar with the concept of right. needing the kalim. Right. Right. And not only needing the kalim, but the new inyan that happens in Tikkun because of the kalim. The notes, Tchilosan, yeah. Shalakach leyachla keli lohachel. It's not the keli couldn't contain it because it begins with the fact that the keli is damaged. That's the external perspective. The real perspective is because the oid is too big for the keli. But Mela, everybody says the keli is damaged. <laughs> and this is an incredibly penetrating insight in many areas in life. You see a damaged keli. It's not a damage. The oid is too big. Of course the keli is damaged. It can't, it can't, it can't fulfill its role. So it becomes damaged. That's why I said last year, it's not a contradiction to different madrashim or mafarshim who explain that Moshe had a physical speech impediment. The question is how you explain the physical speech impediment. Sometimes there's a physical reality, a physiological phenomenon in a body. If you only have the glasses of Gashmias, that's all you'll see. That's it. If you have deeper, a deeper vision, it doesn't change the fact that there is a physical impediment. But the question is, what's the ultimate source of the physical impediment? Today, there's a lot of, in the world of medicine, a lot of research about the the intricate relationship between the state of the mind and the state of the body, the state of the consciousness or the state of the soul or person's inner life, so to speak, their emotions, their feelings, their experiences, and the physical reality of their life. Yeah. How you overcome it. Right. So you'll have, uh, I spoke last time about back pain, right? Dr. Sarna's method is, is a classic example for that. But you have it in Mamish and... <laughs> dozens and dozens and dozens of areas of medicine, biology, and treatments and healing, never mind the areas of psychology and trauma. So you'll have a physician. He puts on the physician's glasses, right? And he says, you have a physical issue. How did how did Dr. Sarno come to his whole Misa? He said he performed surgery after surgery after surgery after surgery after surgery. Everything was supposed to come together. He did it himself. A month later, two months later, the patient recovered. Same problem. The body figured out another way of making the problem. Either bringing it back or somewhere else and so forth. And then he realized that there is a different mystery here. So what's the point? The point is it's not a contradiction. Not so simple. Okay. I'm sorry for simplifying it. It's good. It's very good. A more to okay. Of course. Mm-hmm. I So we'll see the continuation. We'll discuss that. Yeah, we're, st- we're still, we're not there yet. We're still in the, in the, in the challenge, in the tension. Yeah. So what do you have? You have a Metzius. You could see something physical. It's a reality. And you can't deny it. 
That's not the issue. The issue is when somebody cannot acknowledge that there is more to the reality. So, so here we have an insight. You say there is an impediment. There's a physical impediment. There is. But what is it? It's not that the keli is broken. It's that the oir is too big for this keli. Of course the keli is broken. The keli can't serve its purpose. Why is this so important? Because you could spend your whole life trying to fix the vessel. And you really, you really completely missed the target. You're trying your whole life to fix this broken vessel, which is not working. You know, you t- you're trying to, t- t- this klutz is not working. You're trying to change it. It's a completely different issue. The issue is the lack of the synchronous, the, there's no, there's no synchronization between the light and the vessel. The light is too big. It's too intense. It's too mighty for the vessel. Now, Moshe is aware of this. Sometimes a person is not aware of this in different areas. So the keli cannot channel this earth. So what happens to the earth? The earth has no way of expressing itself. Or it expresses itself through all types of strange and interesting ways. Not through a vessel that can bring it into the structure of a person's life. So the person could look in the mirror and say, I'm just a broken person. All my vessels are broken. Really, your vessels are not yet worthy or developed or mature enough to be able to hold on to your oil. So in other words, it's not your flaw, it's your myla. What you or the world calls brokenness is really a deeper form of wholesomeness that has not yet found its channels because the channels that everybody wants you to use are too limited and too uh, uh, constricting to be able to capture this oil. The, the oil says, no, 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 this, this is not it. You understand? Somebody understands what I'm saying? Oh, this has a lot of applications in life. Bent, curved, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, no, we, we say it's broken. It's really not broken. That's the point. It's not broken. So you'll say, but what do you mean? I see it's broken. I see, I see it's not working. I see it's not working. Why, what does it mean it's not working? And what's the source of it not working? And what's the reason for it not working? Of course it's not working. Not because the keli is a, a bad keli. It's because the oil is too big. Huh? The oil coming into Caleb. So that's what he says. So that's what he says. Of course, in Tikkun, there's Kalim for everything. The oil is very diminished, and the Kali is grand. So therefore, the Kali can harness the oil because it's it's a very restri- it's a more filtered and restricted oil, and the Kali is very big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The gamza emes, and this is also true. This is also true that the chisaron of Moshe Rabbeinu was his mila. We, when we hear kvat pa, what you're hearing is the greatness. Elisheim kolze yesh mila. You say the betikun mitzad hakelam, and yet there's a special mila in tikkun because of the vessels. 
what? What? L'chayre, there's no mylan tikkun. It's just a chisar, and it's just because people don't like a lot of oiris. So that's not a real mylan. That's a fake mylan. He says, no, it's because the union of no tzayfum but chilosin that happens only in tikkun mitzad the kelim. So how does manifest itself? Is Moshe but that was his complaint. Shlach na biyatish, send somebody from Tikkun, not from Taya. To understand, what's the Maila in Taihu? What's the Maila in Tikkun? Both are true. So we learned earlier, the concept of Igulim versus Yaisher, that every, we'll talk in the world of emotion, every mid, every emotion, it, its first expression, its most primal expression, is very intense extremely pure, meaning unmitigated, undiluted. It's not diluted, it's not compromised, and therefore it's not structured. It doesn't have a place. It's all-encompassing. It's like the thought encompasses you completely, like an eagle, like a, like a ball, and you're consumed inside of it. Sometimes a child's emotion will express itself that way, or even an adult's emotion. When the inner child comes out, I'm feeling an emotion and there's nothing else. So you'll start saying, yeah, but look at it from his perspective, her perspective, that perspective, yeah, the perspective. You could take your perspectives and <laughs> throw them out the window or throw them somewhere else. It's not, not that I don't, I understand what you're saying, but I'm just not there. What you're saying goes right over me. You know, that's, that's, I have no room for it in my experience. Essentially, that's an expression of toyu. And that's the first development. Before tikkun, you have to come through toyu, because that's when every emotion is in its core. He calls it anakuda. It's a seminal point, and it's all concentrated. There's no nuances, and there's no looking at it this angle and this angle. That's already pratam. That's when you analyze, and you dissect it, and then you differentiate and you can give it perspective, and then you can create other, you see other from other angles, and this is this angle and that angle. That's only in Tikkun when it develops into Pratim. And that's why in Toyo there's no Hiskalalos, there's no room for anything else. There's this and there's nothing else. When I'm in this mode, this is the only truth. So you could make fun of it, you could get embarrassed by it, people are very embarrassed by it, but Alter Rebbe says, don't be embarrassed, this is this is the world of Toyo. In fact, you can't get to Tikkun before Toyu, Hashem didn't make Tikkun stop. He made Tikkun after Toyu. Now Toyu did not survive. I shouldn't say did not. It's not about time. Does not survive. Meaning Toyu must have Tikkun. But Tikkun cannot be Tikkun without Toyu. Just like you can't be an adult if you were never a child. We tried to do it, but it doesn't work. We have to be a child in order to be able to be an adult. That's a fascinating idea, right? And if you, if you have never been a child, so then when you're an adult, you have to find a child in you. In order to be able to become an adult. You understand what that means? You have to appreciate a child in you forever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
You have to appreciate that child in you forever. And, and, and respect that place and make room for it. Toyu is not the end of life. There's tikkun. But you don't have to be afraid of the rawness of emotion. It's very, very raw. People are very afraid of it. But if one thing a person could know is that you don't have to ever be afraid of any emotion inside of you, that itself is a very empowering idea. That there's nothing inside of you that you have to be afraid of. Because by not being afraid of it, it can actually have its place and then doesn't control everything. It can function and do what it has to do. And that state is very, very intense. Those of you who know it, right? Somebody wrote to me about an experience they had on Friday, this past Friday, an emotional experience. That was a classic example of this experience. There's no room for anything else. You'll say, yeah, but this happened, this, but look at it from this way. There's no looking at it from any way. It triggers something from childhood or triggers something so, so deep. That's mamish, an expression of tayu. Now we call it tayu, which means chaos, because it feels chaotic. And the reason it feels chaotic is because you have no control, because it's absolute. It's, it's mamish like atomic energy. It's like boom, and there's no room for anything else. That's, that's tayu. There's something very raw about it, very pure about it, obviously very powerful about it. There's also something very scary about it. We don't like to validate it. But the Balatanya teaches us that this is the genesis of creation. All the spheres were first in a form of tayu. There was no hiskalalus. Everything was in an oifen of ein soif. Now, of course, tayu is, is divine, but it's, it's, it's everything in the world is an evolution. So our experience of Toyu is a metaphor and a reflection of Toyu and its origin. That's what we mean. The Oiris are much stronger than the Kalim. Kalim are always structure, 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 filters, restrictions, condensing things, right? And therefore putting it in context. So Tikkun is always putting everything in context. And Toyu says, what context? I don't put anything in context. This is my context. I don't have context. What's context? Context means I take the idea and I fit it in somewhere, right? I have a file. Context means I have a filing cabinet with a file, and this goes into this file. That's what context is. context is. That's those are words of tikkun. Let's put it in context. I don't put anything in context. This is the beginning, the middle, the end of my context. It's an eagle. It's one big circle. There's no beginning, there's no middle, and there's no end. <laughs> I have no context. No comparing. There's nothing to compare it to. It's, this is, it's it. I know. Yes. Yeah. Now, if you talk in Ein Saif, if you talk in, in godliness, every middah is in its pure form energy, so it's infinite. And it, it and it maintains, it, it maintains that this is the truth. Why should I limit myself? Just because you can't deal with truth? Why do we force ourselves to limit our emotions and quarantine them and repress them? Because we're afraid. We're afraid. We're afraid of the backlash. We're afraid of the feedback. And Toyu says, I have nothing to fear. You got nothing to fear but fear. This is truth and this is it. That's how it is over there. And therefore, there's no beginning of it, there's no middle of it, there's no end. It's like an endless circle. <laughs> the beginning is the end, the end is the middle, it does not stop, it's all-encompassing. 
unlike Yosha, which is very different. It's like a straight line. There's a beginning, there's a middle, there's an end. There's sequence, sequence there's structure, there's limit. It doesn't encompass you completely. What's the Mila of Tikkun? We understand the Mila of Tikkun. We understand the Mila. The Mila of Toyu is the Ur. The Mila of Tikkun is the Kali. Cooperation, coexistence, listening to somebody else, understanding another position, creating room for another perspective, dealing with the conflicting emotions within inside of, within yourself as well. You're not just one dimensional. You're many dimensional, right? Creating space for all of that. And therefore the earth has to be limited and go into Caleb. That's the mile of Caleb. It seems that all of Caleb is a compromise in order to create what, what we call really politics. Politics, I don't mean politics in the negative expression of it, but politics, if you look for the definition, what's politics? Politics is the art of governing when you have different people with different interests and you have to have them live in the same boat or in the same country. So this is called the political political science. What's the best way of doing it? And it's always about compromise in one way or another. <laughs> there's no... Uh, that's what it, that's its definition. And for that it means that there's nothing could be too extreme and too absolute. Now we in our society and culture, for very good reason, we celebrate balance. We admire balanced people. We'll say... He's a balanced person. She's a balanced person, right? Everything is balanced, centered. You're not extreme. Yeah? Even your convictions are balanced, are balanced. Because extremism and fundamentalism are seen as dangerous, raging fires. We love fires, but only if there's a fireplace. And there's rocks around it, right? And it's controlled. And then you sit by the fire. But we all know what a raging fire looks like, or or the opposite, a raging tsunami. We love the water. We love the lakes. We love the oceans. As long as... As long as there's a limit. When it's raging, it becomes very, very dangerous. Why? Because it threatens to overtake others. So within ourselves also. We appreciate and we admire the balance, the structure. That's what's so scary about Toyo. Toyo is a very, very scary place within ourselves. It's even hard to validate it. It's almost like you have to be embarrassed by it. But that's the big Chiddush here, that Tikkun could only come after Toyo. Because if Tikkun doesn't come after Toyo, if Tikkun replaces the experience of Toyo, then there's something in the air that is very, very, that is starving, starving to come out. And it's just the only, it's only, uh, the only message we have to it is, you're a lie. No, you're not a lie. You are the mid in its pure form. You're not a lie. And over there, there's no, there's no room for anything else. That's true. That, that's that paradigm. Yeah. So at this, at this point, if the Maima would stop here, you would say, okay, I got it. You want to be normal? Yeah. You can't live in that world. You have to live in the world of, it's called Alma de Shikra. It's called, some people call it lying. Some people call it diplomacy. Some people call it politics. Some people call it negotiation. Some people say, calm down, grow up. Yeah? Is Moshe's incident with Egyptian when he kills him is a pure expression of Torah? Perhaps. Perhaps. 
But this is what Alter Rebbe is mechadish, mechadish, is, is brings out a new vart. It's not just tikkun is, it's like a compromise we make because we have to live together on the same shipwreck or on the same island or in the same boat. So what are we going to do? Is a fight? We're opposites. Of course we're opposites. Make it work. You be quiet half the day and I'll be quiet half the day. Yeah. <laughs> the famous story about a, a couple that was struggling with Shalom bias. So, uh, <coughs> so he came, he said he comes home and he says something and his wife is triggered and for the next five hours, just an argument. Fighting here, fighting in. So he came to this great Kabbalist, supposedly. The Kabbalist told him that there's a great zgula for this in Kabbalah. What's the zgula? Zgula is that right before he comes into the door, he should fill up his mouth with a cup of water. Maloy lugma, full. And to hold it that way for 45 minutes. Every night of the week. And that's a tremendous zgula for spiritual healing. He did it for a few days and he came back and said, it's unbelievable, Zgula. How does it work? <laughs> he said, it works because you're quiet. <laughs> you come home, you don't say anything. <laughs> so it works. Yeah. So we could, we could. Okay. There's a lady, she was, she was, the lady did his work. She, and the man was in the house taking care of the house. There was a lady coming home and that's the way it was. Switched that way. <laughs> okay. But the message is the same. Everybody can apply it to the way uh, to the way it should be applied, but there's really a much deeper union. And bekitzer, this is this is the the. the it's not tikkun is is a compromise. It's not just tikkun as a compromise. Tikkun is really, it's maturity not only because we have to get along, which is very important, of course. But something new really happens. What's the new thing that really happens? Toyu is very, very truthful. But it's truthful because it's infinite. In other words, it's truthful because every Midah says, I'm ain't Saif. Because if I'm the divine, and it is divine, Toyu is a world of godliness. Before Shvira Sakalim, Toyu is much holier than Tikkun. That's why the child is tell you, the child is holier than the adult. There's something very pure. So how can I create room for you? Creating room for you means that I'm not real. But if I'm divine, I'm real. So if I'm real, there's no room for anything else. Of course I have to be infinite. Those are beautiful words. And that's why Toyu, every mid is infinite. And that's why there was a shmirah. Because when a midah is infinite, when the air is infinite, the keli can't contain it. It breaks. That's called shmirah sakalim. The weight is too heavy on the vessel. The voltage, the electricity is too powerful for the, for the Kaylee. You know, when the, uh, you, if it happened to you, you had a laptop and you plugged it in, you went to Europe, you plugged it in, right? And you saw a little spark go out, right? What happened? <laughs> it was a, that's called Shvira Sakalim. Today, Baruch Hashem, they make the voltage, it should go till 210. So your Kaylee is big enough, but that's what it means, huh? So you don't need Chiyasamesa. Very good, very good. So what does Tikkun do? So Tikkun tells the oil, listen, calm down. You want to be ain't safe? Gay for 
You want to live in a world of structure? You, you relax your itis. Yeah, you bring, you have to have your keli. We don't mind. You can have your structure, but that's it. Seven ounces. I'm good. You want 16 ounces? We can negotiate. You want 29 ounces? Okay. You want a gallon? Fine. But atka? Atka? So lechayda, all tikkun is apshara. But be'emes, the nekud is that there's another nekud. This is all true. But there's an, another element. What's the other element? The challenge of Toyu, the chisarin of Toyu is not just an issue of cooperation and compromise, but what happens is in Toyu, divinity, infinity gets articulated through a certain middah. And that middah becomes infinite. And that's where there is, I don't want to say a lie, but it's a little bit of a lie. Why? Because Toyu grasps one element of divinity, but not another element of divinity. It grasps the middah that it's articulating. But true Ein Soif is not defined. So therefore, by defining Ein Soif through my middah, my middah is part of the truth, but it's not all the truth. So therefore, Toyu is grasping one true point of godliness, that it's infinite. That's true. But exactly, Toyu is, has spheres, has middas. So chesed of Toyu is infinite. So, so the limitation of Toyu is, I say that all of God is chesed, because I'm in that state. And that's what we feel, emotions. When I'm having this emotion, this is it. Right? And, and I'm really feeling that that's an expression of Tayu. Now there's something very beautiful and raw and important about that. To be able to give room for that. But because there's no Yichud. So what does Yichud do? Yichud actually touches something that's deeper than Tayu. It touches the purity of infinity which is not defined. And because it's not defined, therefore two, confl- two different identities can come together. So tikkun can operate on two levels, as a compromise or as something that's even deeper than toyu. As a compromise, it means basically calm down, your convictions are too strong, and therefore just relax and chill out and don't take yourself so seriously and don't take your emotions so seriously, which is, there's there's some goodness to this message. It's good sometimes to tell yourself, don't take yourself so seriously. That's a very good message, yeah. When you're in a state of toyu, to tell that to a person is just mutilating him. That's why if you were never a child, you'll never become an adult. Because if somebody tells me, don't take me too seriously, before my me ever developed, what do I hear in that? Don't take me too seriously means I'm just a joker. Everything is one. I'm not, I'm a nobody. Right? So before you can hear, don't take yourself too seriously, I mean, you don't tell your two-year-old, when he fell out of the crib or he's screaming about some cut, don't take yourself so seriously. Don't take it. It's, it's not, uh, what are you talking? You tell your infant, oh, you have to nurse. Don't take yourself so seriously. I'm also hungry. <laughs> no, of course they take themselves. Toyu takes itself very seriously. And in its source, it's divinity. But there's two in Yonim here. This is what we have to understand. Hashem is infinite. Yeah. Toyu takes every middah to its infinity. It's true, because it's godly, so it's infinite. There's no room for anything else. But godliness in its essence is not defined by anything. 
So because it's not defined by anything, this is where Toyu becomes a little bit of a cover-up for truth in the name of truth. In the name of truth, Toyu covers up truth. What's the truth? No, it's Soifam betchilasam betchilasam besoifam. No, it's Soifam betchilasam betchilasam besoifam means that sometimes the lowest, the leg, is higher than the head. What do you mean? How could it be higher than the head? Because he says it comes from a place, God is never defined by anything. Not by the head and not by the leg. When the moment the head becomes an absolute head, that means it's already divorced from the place of undefined reality. And therefore, when it becomes infinite, it's telling you only part of that story. What is it covering? It's covering a deeper truth that there is something that's completely undefined. And because it's completely undefined, so therefore in that sense, there's things that the head that has that the foot doesn't have, and there's things that the foot has that the head doesn't have. The hierarchy is now not absolute. How does the head touch that place of undefined reality? How? How does the head touch it? Only by going out of itself. By the space it creates for the foot. By the space we create for each other. In that space, the undefined reality dwells. Right? Where does the Shekhinah speak to Moshe Rabbeinu? Between the two Kruvim, between the two cherubs. There was the male boy and the female, and they were looking at each other in the Kedush HaKadoshim. And Hashem says, I'm going to speak to you from between the Kruvim. He couldn't find a better place to communicate. All of Torah, all of Torah came from there. There's a male, there's a boy, there's a girl. They're looking at each other. They're winged, right? So not my Kedush. It says in Parshas Truma. You're looking at me as though I made this up. In Parshish Truma, it says this, and many other places, yeah? Hashem speaks, That's where I'm going to meet you. Why? Why? Because truth comes from the space the male creates for the female, and the female creates for the male. Or to put it in other words, I said this in uh, the National Security Agency. The National Security Agency is the security agent that's in charge for dealing with terrorism from all over the world. They have 34,000 employees or so. So they had a day with, they had uh, dedicated to uh, security, but understanding different perspectives. So they had an Islamic professor from Columbia speak and a Christian professor from Columbia speak. And uh, I represented Judaism. And they had a, uh, I think an atheist philosopher, four people speak. So uh, in my remarks, I said that one of the greatest revolutions of the Hebrew Bible was the opening of Genesis, where it says that the human being, man and male and female, were carved in the image of God. And the obvious question is, anybody who knows a little bit of the Bible knows that God has no image. So how can we be carved in the image of God? The same Bible says you're not allowed to make images and statues are alien to God. And Moses in the Ten Commandments says you never saw a picture, you never saw an image, don't make any image, no statues. So what is this, a contradiction? I said if you look at the verse, it says male and female he created in the image of God. Male, and, But male and female are different images, very different images. 
And that's exactly the point. God is imageless. God doesn't have an image. How do I become in the image of God? I have an image. Everything in our world has an image. That's how we study it. If things have no image, image means character, identity, chemistry, a physical image, a spiritual image, a chemical image, an atomic image. Any, There's no scrutiny of any part of our world without discussing images. If I want to discuss your face, I want to discuss your bones, or I want to discuss your brain, I want to take an x-ray, an MIR, it's always about image. Nothing exists outside of an image. You have your shape, and your chemistry, and your color, and your personality, and your DNA, and your molecular makeup. That's what an image is. So how do I become in the image of God? Only one way. If I can create space for your image. In other words, if I can transcend the fixed model of my image and create space for your image, and you can transcend the fixed model of your image and create space for my image, in the space we create for each other, that's where imagelessness dwells. So I said, if you look at every war in history, from beginning of time till now, you will identify as the motif behind the war was always one thing. And that is, because you're not in my image, you're inferior to me. That's the genesis of every conflict. What does it mean you're not in my image? You're not my race. Yeah? You're not my tribe. You don't live in my territory. You don't believe in the same God like me. Uh, you don't share the same values like me. You're not from my family. You're not in my image. You're not Mishaluni, as we say. You're not from Anshay Shlomaini. Right? So therefore, you're inferior to me. And that gives me a right to abuse you or even to kill any war. Any war from beginning of time till now. Whether it's a territorial conflict or a religious conflict or a racial conflict or any conflict. You are not in my image and therefore your image is inferior to mine and it gives me a right to dominate you in one way or another. Came the Bible and said... You may not be in my image, but you're still in God's image. I may not be in your image, but I'm still in God's image. And what type of image is that? It's imageless. Which means there's no one image that can say this is God's image. That's the exact point. So how do we, who are all defined by image, connect and align ourselves with imagelessness? Did I just make up a word? No? Okay. I was trying to be imageless by making up a new word, but fine. I'm glad. How do we, people defined by image, align ourselves with imagelessness? I can't. I should cease to be me. I shouldn't have, I should, I don't have a nature anymore. I have my genes. I have my nature. I have my blood type. (laughs) I have my Meshagasan. Only one way. And that is, it's called his skalalus. Tikkun. I create space for an opposite image. So in the space between the male and the female, that's where the divine could be communicated. So Toyu is very true, but in the name of truth, (laughs) in the name of truth, it eclipses a deeper truth. Tikkun, in a way, is very untrue. (laughs) It's like very balabatish Tikkun. (laughs) It's just... uh... It's not the MS. It's not, right? On the other hand, in its, 
in its uh, right in its uh, insistence on cooperation, it touches it touches the undefined reality which transcends definition. And therefore, you and I, of course we can work together, because if we touch absolute infinity, so then you are an expression of it, and I'm an expression of it. Why is my expression superior to your expression? If it is, it means I didn't touch real infinity. I only touched defined infinity. You know the difference between defined infinity and real infinity? Defined infinity is... huh? It's not infinity. In other words, it's infinity that's defined by being infinite. (laughs) I'm infinite. I have no room for you. Look at me. I'm infinite. It's beautiful, right? But it's really finite. Because in real infinity, I don't have to be infinite. Why do I have to be infinite? I could be finite also, if it's really infinite. So, in the real truth, every color captures a truth of God. No color captures the full truth. In the rainbow, we come together to that which transcends any particular color, like in the jigsaw puzzle, like in the symphony. So Tayu is much deeper than Tikkun, because Tayu speaks about Ein Saifs. Tayu is pure. So Tayu precedes Tikkun. In Tikkun, everything is filtered and compromised and limited, but Tikkun suddenly touches on something that Toyo doesn't have. That's no tchilasen b'seifen b'seifen b'tchilasen. There's no such a thing, you're lower and I'm higher. No, 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 that doesn't exist. In Toyo, the hierarchy is absolute. I am I, you are you, I am I. In Tikkun, that doesn't happen. There's no such a thing absolutely lower and higher. Something new emerges, which as a result of that, there's no higher and lower. Because in the world of undefinedness, so any, any definition doesn't capture it. So therefore, everyone expresses something, and every nobody comp- expresses all of it, and together they express all of it. And in that sense, there could be a mile in the regal that the Reich doesn't have. There's a mile in the Reich that the regal doesn't have. Why does does Tikkun have something else? Because it touches on the on the infinite. So, tell you is infinite form, where the infinite is true and the form is not. Yeah, is limited on both sides. That's why it makes room for something else now, because it touches on. Oh, so you're right. You're right and you're wrong. <laughs> Meaning, it's true. On one hand, the, the compromise of Tikkun could just be, right? I'm limited. I don't believe too much in anything, so I create room for you. Yeah. That's the, that's where Tikkun is a compromise. Legabitayu, the oil is not so intense. Yeah. That's the chitsainius of Tikkun. <laughs> The pnimius of Tikkun is, you know Tayu, and you, you can appreciate, you can respect Tayu, and Tikkun comes from a place that's deeper than Tayu. That Tikkun you can't get to without Tayu. The first Tikkun, yeah, you can get to from fear. Just be quiet and shut your mouth, okay, let other people speak. Okay, you understand? Just repress it. Fill your mouth with water. That Tikkun you're right, and that's what it can look like. But there's a deeper tikkun that can only come after tayu. It's not afraid of tayu. I'm fine with tayu. I appreciate full intensity. But now I want to touch something deeper inside of me. What do I want to touch? I want to touch that which is undefined. How do I touch that? 
imagelessness. How do I touch that? I can't touch that through my own infinite experience of this emotion. Even though there is room for that, there's space for it, we get it. That's the world of Toyo. <laughs> but what's called Atzmos, Hashem's essence, is beyond Toyo and beyond Tikkun. So Toyo and Tikkun both capture a truth. Toyo captures the truth, captures the truth of infinity, and Tikkun captures the truth of something undefined. But how do they capture it? They both capture it within a limited world. And therefore they need really each other. <laughs> Toyu speaks about infinity, no limits, pure, 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 extreme light, light, light. Stop with your vessels. I don't need your structures to hold me. That's what it captures a very real truth. Tikkun captures a very different truth. Tikkun captures the truth of the undefined. The undefined, our identities can't conflict each other. But they each capture them in the way that the world captures divinity. So that's why it can be manifested in ways that are alien to its true essence. Because they each capture this truth, but in a way that limits it through its own experience. That as well, yeah, yeah. So it's in, it's, it's in understanding both dynamics that they can both reach their true self where they come from. You understand, you understand this? This is very deep. This is not Shtazay Pashat. <laughs> okay, we have to stop here, huh? Okay, we'll continue tomorrow. Being in the image of Hashem means it's, you are imageless. Yes, yeah. Being in the image of Hashem means you're imageless. Because you have male and female, and in order for them to come together. We'll continue with the Gemara now, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. And Moshe knew all this? Apparently, Moshe knew all this, yeah. <laughs> so, I, so I would ask you, what the first exposure to Hashem by Moshe was at the Sneh. He never sat down in the yeshiva and learned Torah. How did he absorb and have such insight? Maybe because he didn't go to yeshiva. <laughs> ask him Avram, I'll explain it to you. Uh-huh. He can have two dimensions, and one of them have, has no dimensions. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. At least two, could be three, yeah. Um, uh, it seems at some point he was healed, yeah. That's for Stanan. I know, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, we have to try harder, yeah. The subject is very enticing. I got excited. I'm saying it's. You're right, you're right. You're 100% right. This class is brought to you by the yeshiva.net. Please help us continue the classes. Make even a small contribution at www.theyeshiva.net slash donate.